Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at A Slob Comes Clean. Dot com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, real people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 285, and I am calling it my five-step decluttering process. Um, I have shared this before. Okay. I mean, it's in my books, Decluttering at the Speed of Life, uh, or in my book, Decluttering at the Speed of Life, available wherever books are sold. Um, but I refer to it all the time. Like, you know, in everything that we talk about, I talk about the daily habits and the five-step decluttering process. And I will often just casually refer to a step or several steps in the process and using that in your home. But, you know, last fall, I did a podcast where I just kind of went back over the four daily habits, just kind of on their own. Let's talk about these four daily habits, why they matter, because y'all, there are 285 podcasts now. (laughs) And I know that a lot of you listen to every single one, which amazes me. Um, But a lot of you don't. A lot of you kind of, you know, came in later and you've just listened to what, you know, the newer ones or whatever. And I think it's really important to have this five-step process together. So I'm going to do this. I'm, you know, who knows, maybe I'll do them again once a year or something like that. But I think it's important for you to have these five steps together and for you to understand why these five steps. Okay. So the reason that I developed this process in my own home, start with my starting point being, I was completely overwhelmed. Okay. I, I didn't, I did not sit down and write down these steps and then start working on my clutter. Okay. The way that the steps were developed was just saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to go ahead and start getting stuff out of my home. And through doing that, I figured out what works. And because I was writing about it on my website, on my blog, um, I had to put it into words. Okay. And that's how this developed and and came about. And then I put it into a five-step process because the point of the process is not, if you don't do it this way, you're not actually decluttering. That is not the point. Okay. At all. The point of having the process is because I get overwhelmed, I need steps to follow to keep me on track. Okay. So before I actually tell you the steps, let me just explain a couple things. And these are phrases that I use a lot and and they all are made possible because of this five-step process. One of those phrases that I use all the time is progress and only progress. Okay. Guaranteed progress. 
no mess. Okay. Meaning declutter without making a bigger mess. That is people's number one frustration with traditional decluttering strategies is that you end up worse off before it gets better. Okay. You know, like that phrase, it has to get worse before it gets better. No, it doesn't. This decluttering process guarantees progress. Like if you will follow these steps, you can declutter however you want to declutter. I don't care. Like as long as you're getting stuff out of your house, great. But if you follow these steps, you will make progress guaranteed. No matter how big or small your mess, this process guarantees progress. Okay. And only progress. You will never put yourself in a situation where If you have to step away, either because you just randomly got distracted or because life happens or because you run out of time or you run out of energy, whether it's physical energy or mental energy, whatever, if you are following this process, you're not going to be worse off than you were before. You know, stopping in the middle is the reason why with traditional decluttering strategies, you end up worse off than you were before. But with this strategy, we're just going to assume that you will have to stop in the middle at some point that you are not going to be able to completely finish today. All right. And and you're only going to make progress. That means that you don't have to plan a huge chunk of time with nothing else going on to declutter to get started. Okay. Because you know, I'm never going to put myself in a worse situation. So I don't have to wait until I have a free hour or let's be honest with the state that my home was in. When I started, I had the thought process using traditional decluttering strategies. My thought process was, well, then I'm going to, you know, honestly, an hour wouldn't do anything. I need to set aside a whole day. Or let's be honest, I need a whole weekend. Or let's be honest, I need a whole week. You know, and then it meant that I put off decluttering longer and longer because I looked at the size of the mess. I thought, you know, thinking that it was true that it had to get worse before it got better, which is not true. That's what I'm talking about here. But when I had that thought that it had to get worse before it got better, then I thought I had to set aside a certain amount of time to completely finish because otherwise I was going to end up worse off. And the size of my mess made me think I need needed so much time that when did that time ever happen? Especially when you have, you know, a job, a life, kids, whatever your unique situation is, there's a reason in there why it's hard to set aside huge amounts of time for decluttering. And then when I did, you know, say, okay, guess what? Such and such time, my mom's going to take the kids and I'm going to be at home by myself. And that'll be a perfect time to declutter. When that happened, I didn't want to declutter. You know, it was like, oh my goodness, I have some time with nothing else going on. The last thing I wanted to do was declutter. Okay. So But in order for that to happen, you need to understand that your goals are better and less. Your goals are not finished or perfect, okay? The definition of decluttering success is to have less in a space than you had when you started. It doesn't mean that you're going to be finished, but it does mean that you are going to have less, okay? So that's your goal is just having less and having better having the space be better than it was before you started decluttering. If those are your goals, then you can start right now. You can go through one step of the process and your space is better and you'll have less. You can go through two steps of the process. Your space will be better and you'll have less. 
Okay. You can make it all the way through to the end of the process and your space will actually be perfect. But even if you don't, it's going to be so much better off. And then the next time you come to work on this space, you're going to get farther in the process because of what you did today. Okay. So having that mindset change that less and better is our goal. All right. So step number one in my decluttering, my five-step decluttering process. The first step is trash. Okay. Trash is the easiest of the easy stuff. When I say easy, I am talking about mentally and emotionally easy because there are no decisions to be made. I am simply identifying and removing trash. Okay. So I have a black trash bag with me or whatever you have to put trash in is fine, but black trash bags are ideal because you can't see what you put inside of them. Okay. So you can't second, second guess yourself later. And the people in your house can't see what you put inside of the black trash bag. Okay. So a black trash bag is ideal and just start removing trash. Here's the thing. It's sometimes it's going to be physically difficult. Like it might mean, Oh, I have to actually break down these boxes, you know, like maybe you end up with a mountain of empty Amazon boxes. I'm going to break those down. So sometimes that can feel physically daunting, but it's not emotionally daunting. There's no decisions to be made. That pile of boxes is easy because it needs to just be dealt with. All right. Um, when I say trash, let me clarify here that if you have an established and easily accessible recycling routine, grab whatever it is that you put your recycling in and bring that with the black trash bag. If you don't have an easily accessible and established recycling routine, now is not the time to start. Okay. If you are overwhelmed by your clutter, just go ahead and throw away trash, knowing that your goal is to get your stuff, amount of stuff in your house lowered down to where you hit your clutter threshold, which is what you can easily keep under control. And at that point, you can do the more ideal thing. Okay. The reason I say trash is that I know this is a real issue for my people. Okay. Is this idea that I want to do everything in the very best way. And so I am giving you permission to not do it in the very best way with the goal of getting your home under control. So you actually have the mental and physical bandwidth for you to be able to do the research and figure out how to do the very best thing. And here's the other thing too. And I have to say it, if you are sitting here going, Oh my word, how hard is it to just grab your recycling bin? Guys, not everybody has recycling bins. I know for those of you who have it and where your city picks it up and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I had it 25 years ago when I had an apartment in college, we had a recycling bin. Okay. And there was a recycling day. So I, and it was in a little town. So I get it. Like some of you are thinking there are no places that exist on this earth that don't have re recycling easy for them. That's not true. I live in a small town. We don't have recycling. Like it, we just don't. And while it frustrates me, I often think, okay, well, God put me here so that I can not have the assumption that everybody has access to recycling. Okay. So I'm just letting you know that yes, when I say trash, if you have recycling an already established way to do that, do that. Okay. All right. So trash is pulling things out. So here, here, here are two things that that does. 
When you look at a mass of stuff, either a cabinet that you've opened or a pile or whatever, when it's a mass of stuff, it's overwhelming. Okay. It's just like, oh, this is going to be all important stuff and I'm going to have to deal with that. And that makes me feel like I'm, I can't do this. Okay. By saying step one is trash, it makes you look at that pile differently. Instead of looking at, at it as stuff, you start looking at it as individual items because you are looking for, are these indi- are any of these individual items trash? And if they are, I'm going to pull them out and put them straight in the black trash bag or the recycling bin. Okay. But I'm going to do that. So it changes how I view the pile. It gets me started because it gets me moving without any type of decision-making. I am not analyzing whether it's trash. I'm simply looking for obvious trash. So I'm moving. I am looking at individual pieces of the clutter and the overall volume of mess is reducing with every piece of trash that I remove. Okay. A few examples of trash, obvious, like, I don't know, pieces of random paper, but it might be packaging. It might be something that when it first broke, you were mad that it broke. And so you just set it there, even though it's not actually fixable, that's trash. It might be something that technically could be fixable, but it's been two years and you still have no idea how you would fix it. That's trash. Okay. It it might be something that you wish you could recycle, but you don't have access to recycling. And so you just set it there and it kind of collected things as a pile. Yeah, that's trash. Okay. All right. So you're removing trash. It's reducing the overall volume of the mess. Next step two is easy stuff. Okay. Trash is the easiest of the easy stuff. That's why we do that first. The second step is easy stuff with easy stuff being defined as who. Anything that already has an established home within my home, okay, an established place where it goes, it's just not there for whatever reason, okay? We're not beating ourselves up. We're not going, why is this out of place? We're just saying, what in here do I already know where it goes? Like, I don't have to ask myself any decluttering questions. I'm just going to go take it there right now, okay? So one of the examples that I often give is... If I am looking at my laundry room and my laundry room is a complete and total disaster and it's overwhelming, I ask myself, what in here is actually easy? Not necessarily physically easy, but emotionally easy. There are no decisions to be made. I look in this space and I go, oh, there's a big silver ladder in my laundry room because we shoved it in there real quick because it was quicker to put it in there than it was to take it all the way to the garage where it actually goes. And it just kind of has blended in with the mess over the last however many months that it's been in there. Okay. If I take the big silver ladder to the garage, okay, that might be unwieldy. I might smush one of my fingers as I'm carrying it, whatever, but it's easy because there was no decision to be made. It just had to be done. All right. So I take that to the garage. When I come back, this space looks better because the big silver ladder is now gone. Okay. So working through what in this space is easy. All right. We are not pulling everything out. Have you noticed that yet? Okay. Never in this process is take everything out of the space and then deal with it. We are taking one item out of a time out at a time. So you might somewhere in step four run across trash, 
great. You have a trash bag right there. Throw it away. All right. So we are getting the obvious trash and then we're getting the obvious easy stuff without pulling anything out of the space. It's as I touch the item, I'm touching it because I've already established it as easy. I'm going to pick it up once and I'm going to go take it to its home. All right. With every single item that leaves the space as either trash or easy stuff, which is all easy, the space looks better. Okay. The space is less overwhelming. My brain is registering the individual items in this space as opposed to the overall overwhelming mess. Okay. Step three. Again, we are never in this whole entire process going to pull everything out of the space. We are dealing with one item at a time and you can always identify something that counts as another step. This step, it is a step. Okay. But it's also something that can happen at any point in the process. And that is duh clutter. It doesn't stand for anything. It's just the stuff that makes you go, duh, why is this here? And the reason that I have this step in there is to give you permission to just stick stuff in the donate box. Okay. Because sometimes when you're, when you have a method, okay, when you have decluttering questions to ask, it can be like, well, I have to ask these questions about every single thing. No, I'm giving you permission. If something obviously just needs to go straight in the donate box, stick it in the donate box. Okay. Let's, let's don't waste time or mental energy because mental energy is more precious than physical energy, even in the decluttering process. Okay. So let's don't analyze and reanalyze. Let's just say it's okay to stick stuff straight into the donate box. Okay. So we've got trash coming out, going straight into the trash bag. We've got easy stuff going to its already established home that I don't have to analyze or think about or figure out anything. It's just a matter of taking it where it's, you know, already has an established home. And then we have our duh clutter. Okay. You're going to find duh clutter all throughout this. All right. But that's there. Your only supplies that you have are your feet, your black trash bag, and your donatable donate box. The donate box itself needs to be donatable so that you know this is a final decision when I put that in there. I'm never going to look through this box again. You know, I don't have this cute little tub called donate that I'm then going to transfer everything into something else to actually donate it. No, it's an actual donatable box that's going to leave your house so that I'm forced to make a final decision about each item that goes in it. Dot com slash clean. Okay. So let's move on to step number four. All right. Step number four is where we get into the difficult stuff. Okay. Again, we are never pulling everything out of a space. We're never doing that. We are going item by item, final decision by final decision. And these steps help you make those final decisions. So our fourth step is using the two decluttering questions. So you have worked through and you have removed even if you haven't removed all of it, you've removed everything you could see, everything you could get to without pulling everything out that was trash, that was easy, had an established home somewhere else in your house. And that was obviously just needed to go straight in the donate box. Okay. So your overall volume of mess has been significantly reduced, which also will significantly reduce your feeling of being overwhelmed by this space. Okay. You have a much more realistic perspective on what is in this space. Okay. So I am going through 
item by item. Okay. And the things that are left, I mean, I'm going to find other things from steps one, two, three that are in there, but the things that are left that I can see are things that I know I'm going to have to make a decluttering decision about. So the first, as you pick up one item at a time, ask yourself the first decluttering question. The first decluttering question is, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? Okay. I have entire podcasts where I go through all the ins and outs of this question. I have lots of podcasts where I give examples of this question. So I'm just going to give you the very basics of it right now. If I needed this item, where would I look for it first? Okay. This is an instinct based question. If you find yourself analyzing, you're probably asking the wrong question. You're probably using the word should. Okay. Where should I look for this first? I used to ask myself, where should this go? Well, y'all, that's like, that's analysis. That's problem solving. That's thinking through. And my brain can go on and on and on and on with the shoulds. Instead, we are going on instinct here. Where would I look for this first? Which means where is the actual place? If I needed this fishing line, If I needed this spool of fishing line, where would I look for it first? It is literally the first place that pops in my head when I ask myself, where would I look first? Okay. Meaning if I was like, oh my goodness, we're going fishing. Where's the fishing line? Where's the first place in my house that I would go looking for it? Okay. So I'm not saying where is it? Where should it be? Where did I put that? I'm asking, where is the actual place, instinct-based, where I would look for this first? Here's the thing. The key to this working is the second part of decluttering question number one. It's not a question. It's the action part of it. And that is, take it there right now. Okay. If I needed this item, where would I look for it first? It is the first place that pops in my head as where I would go looking for this. And I'm going to take it there right now. I am not going to make a pile of things that are going to go to the bathroom and things that are going to go to the kitchen and things that are going to, because guess what? Piles is a bigger mess. And when I get distracted and which is going to happen, it's guaranteed to happen for 90% of the population. Okay. I don't know. I made up that number, but I really think it's true. But like, I am going to get distracted. Okay. And if I have piles and I walk away, even for a little bit, by the time I come back to that, either an hour or two weeks later, I don't remember what all those decisions I had made before were. Okay. And now I have to remake the decisions, which is the complete opposite of efficiency, right? So, even though I thought I was being more efficient in the olden days before I started doing things this way, when I would make all those neat little piles, they all morphed into one big pile. I had to remake the decisions. And realistically, most of the time I just shoved everything back in the drawer and where it used to kind of have some sort of like, I know which part of the pile things were in. Now it was this big, bigger mess. Like it was worse off than it was before. So go ahead and take things. As soon as you can answer that first question, where would I look for this first? Take it there right now. That is everything. And I'm going to tell you, if you are going, that is so dumb, that makes no sense. This is the one I hear from people all the time. 
that say, I resisted that because I didn't want to do it. It seemed like it was going to slow my progress. And yet once I started doing it, I realized it changed everything. Like, here's the thing. This is the way to guarantee progress is to take it there right now. If you take it there right now, your space has less in it than it did before. And the final decision, you making this decision of where would I look for this first, that's its home. When you say, I don't know where things are supposed to go, that's where they go is where would I look for this first? And when I take it there right now, I'm done with that item. I have put it in its home and I'm done. Um, I have nothing left to do later. Don't do a keep box, you guys. No keep boxes. Not the same thing as a keepsake box. That's a subject for another podcast, but a keep box, meaning I'm putting the stuff in here that I want to keep because you're not forcing yourself to make a real decision about where it actually goes in your house. You're just putting it in a box, which you're then going to have to go through later, which you're then going to have to use a decluttering process on anyway. So take it there now and it's done. You never have to think about it again. Remember this mental energy thing is legit. Okay. Conserving, protecting your mental energy, these instinct-based answers, not based on my feelings that can go and go and go and go and go. And let me just analyze. Instead, it's a concrete answer of where would I look for this first? And then I'm going to take it there now and I'm done with it. I will stop really quickly. I have lots of other podcasts, chapters in the book, all that kind of stuff on this. But if the place where you take it to is its own mess, which was my story, okay, all you're going to do is you're not going to start working on that space. Okay. We are working on the space where we have our black trash bag and our donatable donate box. You're just going to remove something that is either trash or a duh from that space, because you just said that space is cluttered. There's no room for it. So it's cluttered. It's going to have to be decluttered someday. Anyway, look for trash, pull out trash that will create the space that you need for this item that you would look for here first and take that trash back to your black trash bag, which is the project that you're working on anyway. Guys, if you are saying, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I have ADHD. I'll get distracted. If you haven't noticed, um, I mean, I am not, I have not been diagnosed with ADHD, technically, professionally. Many of you guys have done diagnosed me with ADHD. So thank you very much. I hear it all the time. Anyway, but I, guys, I work directly. I mean, I have worked with mental health professionals. I have a course that we've put together. And anyway, for mental health professionals using these strategies for ADHD, because I hear from people all the time who tell me I have ADHD and this is the method that works, even though they didn't necessarily think it would in the first place. And when I did my survey and had like six, 700 people fill out the survey, which you guys, it's hard to get people to fill out surveys. So um, that's a big deal to have that many people fill out the survey. And the number one thing people said made the difference for them as someone who struggles with ADHD is to take it there now. Like it, it is just, yeah, I I'm just telling you guys it, try it. You, that's how you guarantee progress is you take it there. Now, if you put off taking it there, you're not guaranteeing progress. Okay. Because when you get distracted, you have more work to be done. If you take it there now, it's done. Even if you don't finish, which that was never our goal in the first place, right? To have the space perfect, but the space is better off than it was before. That item is, is, is in its final resting place. Okay. All right. The second decluttering question you only ask if you can't answer the first question. If you ask yourself, 
if I needed this fishing line, where would I look for it first? And your answer is, well, if that's your answer, okay, or if that's the what comes out of your mouth or in your head or whatever, when you're asking that first question, you need to be honest with yourself and ask yourself the second decluttering question, which is, if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already have one? This is a reality check, guys. Okay. And here's the thing. I'm not asking you, did you remember you had it? We're not asking that. Okay. Because even if you didn't know that you had it, but you did have an answer for where would I look for this first, it's already in its home. But but these are for the things that you would never even think to look for it in your house. Like it just automatically you would either do without or you would go buy another one. Okay. So let's say that here's some random, random fishing line and you didn't have a place where you would look for it first. And you're looking at it and you're going, if I needed fishing line, would it ever occur to me that I already had some? Because maybe you only have fishing line because it was for a set that you created for a play. And realistically, you would never go looking for fishing line in your house because it's just not something that you use. Or maybe you only ever go to fish with your grandpa who has all the fishing poles and all the supplies. And somehow you ended up with this fishing line at your house. And you're like, where would I look for it first if I needed fishing line? Realistically, I, I mean, in my house, oh yeah, we know we have fishing line. I'm saying for you, this is my example of I would never go looking for a fishing line. Even if I needed it for some random thing, I, I would never go looking for it. So it needs to go in the donate box. I know it's hard. I know it is. But this is a reality check. Your whole point is decluttering. And you have to be honest with yourself. If you would never have gone looking for it, you would have gone out and bought more, which you would have had two in your house. And the point here is that you're trying to declutter. Okay. Really quick thing. And I have other things about all this. I mean, my goodness, I've talked for 285 podcasts here, but I've talked about this kind of stuff before, but really quickly, let's talk about the money of it. Okay. Now I'm about to name a price for fishing line and I could ask three of the people in my family and they would be like, mom, it's so much cheaper than that. Or it's so much more expensive than that. And I have no idea. Let's say the fishing line's $5. Okay. No idea. But even if the fishing line is $5, that is a real like, oh, well, I may have to spend $5 if I get rid of this and I actually needed it later. Um, But if you literally had no place in your house where you would go looking for it, which means you have no place in your house for it. Okay. So we've already taken care of that. We already know that. Sure. You can leave it in here or you can put it in the donate box and you can say, if in the future, we needed fishing line for some random reason. And I had to go buy some for $5. Is it worth $5 to me for this space to be decluttered, which was my whole goal when I started this thing? Is it worth $5 for me for this space to be decluttered from now to this hypothetical time in the future when I might need fishing line? And realistically, if I wasn't decluttering this space, I wouldn't know I had the fishing line and I would have spent the $5 anyway. Okay. And put that price 
on this space. And then also tell yourself that price is only, there's only a 10% chance at the most that I would actually end up needing it. Okay. And that I would actually end up spending that. And so really it's not even $5 worth. Okay. Does it make sense? I mean, like go there and put that, put that value on your decluttered space between now and this hypothetical time, knowing that if you weren't decluttering right now, you would have bought it anyway. You would have had more clutter and spent the money too. Okay. All right. Okay. Next we have our fifth step. So you, those two questions will help you work through any amount of clutter in your home. Every single item in your home, you can ask those two questions about and either have a home for it. So it's not clutter anymore, or it's gone out of your house. So it's not clutter anymore. Okay. That will solve the problem. But the fifth step is here because let's say that you have decluttered all these spaces in your home and you have put all of your craft supplies in the cabinet that you have for crafts and all of those supplies have showed up in this cabinet because every time you would declutter any space in your home and you asked, where would I look for scissors first? Where would I look for glitter first? Where would I look for glue first? Where would I look for paint first? All this kind of stuff, paint brushes, all of it went to the craft cabinet that you have. Okay. So you now have this craft cabinet with those craft supplies in it, but it's not functional. Like if I open up the craft cabinet, everything falls out and I also can't see what's in there. I can't get to what's in there, all of that. This is where we implement the container concept. We're going to make it fit and not make it fit by shoving it in, but make it actually fit and be functional. Okay. So this one has two parts to it. The first part is consolidating. Okay. So let's say you've been finding random scissors, random glitter, random paint, random paintbrushes, and you've just been putting it in there because remember you were working on another space. So your goal was not to get this space perfect. Your goal was to get stuff in there. Okay. So now you've got this very imperfect, packed full, unusable clutter, uh, yeah, clutter cabinet. No, not clutter cabinet, craft cabinet. Goodness gracious. Is that a Freudian slip? I don't know. Anyway, so the craft cabinet has all this stuff in there. Now what I'm going to do first is I'm going to consolidate, meaning I'm going to put the scissors together within it. I'm going to put the um, glitter together within it. And as I do that, it's forcing me to touch and acknowledge individual items. Okay. So I know that everything that's in this space actually goes in this space. Okay. Like I've answered my decluttering questions. This is the place for these things. Okay. Or I have been working on my craft cabinet and I've removed all the stuff that wasn't supposed to be in here. So everything that's left is stuff that's actually supposed to be in here. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to consolidate and put those things together because just doing that, you're going to touch something and you're going to think, oh, wait, this is actually duh clutter. I hate these scissors. You know, these are the ones that don't, you know, don't cut, or these are the ones that I don't know, whatever. So you're going to get rid of some things just because you touch it where before you saw it and you thought, oh no, that does go in here. But now you're forced to touch it because you're putting like things together. And as you do that, it's going to reveal duh clutter, trash, all that kind of stuff. Okay. 
And also by touching them and putting them together, putting all your scissors together, you go, oh, I have 27 pairs of scissors. I don't actually need 27 pairs of scissors. Okay. And that's going to make it easier for you to get rid of some of those scissors. Okay. But let's say that you touched all of the scissors and put them all together and you got rid of some because they were, oh yeah, I hate these scissors. Okay. Yeah. Those are going in the donate box. Um, or you got rid of some because it was 27 pairs of scissors. Nobody needs 27 pairs of scissors here. I'll get rid of these five, but now you have 22 pairs of scissors and you have a scissor bucket within the craft cabinet and you can't fit 22 pairs of scissors in the scissor bucket. Okay. So we are going to make it fit using the container concept. Okay. There are also podcasts. I think it was one of my first ones where I talk about containers and limits and how they'll change your life. And people are forever referring to that podcast as being, Oh, it blew my mind. I'm like, it blew my mind too. Like I didn't understand containers are meant to be limits. I thought they were for putting things in. And so I would have before shoved all the scissors into the bucket and it would have like, you know, been three layers high where, you know, they kind of like a wedding cake ended up just shoving them in on top of the other ones, whatever, or I would have gone out and bought two more buckets for, you know, that. And the reality is that a container is meant to serve as a limit. And so you have to let that container serve as the limit and let that help you make your decisions in a non-emotional way. Okay. So you've got your 22 pairs of scissors. They need to go in here. If they're not in the bucket right now, just start by putting your favorite ones in the bucket first. And when it's full, you've already identified, you've already sorted. These are the ones I like. These are the ones I don't like. Okay. As you do that, it makes it so much easier to get rid of stuff. If you run across your favorite pair over, you know, on the next to your bedside table, cause you used them for whatever, then as you bring it back into this space where you would look for it first and the scissor bucket is full, you say, okay, well, which pair of scissors in here do I like the least that I can remove to put these ones that I know I like the most in there? Okay. It Let's say that you have the scissor bucket already full and stacked high and overflowing or whatever. Again, it's that same concept of I'm going to take my least favorite ones out until I only have left what will actually fit comfortably and usably, okay, meaning I can use things without like, they're not wedged in there so hard that when I pull one out, they all come tumbling out. No, like usable container, like usable amount in this space that I can actually get to what I need to and and pull it out. Okay. And then that same thing applies to not just the scissors, but the whole entire cabinet. Okay. So it's not just that, okay, I'm, I'm shoving as much in there as I can. It's, I have scissors in the scissor bucket and I have, I have glitter in the glitter tub or whatever it, whatever it is that you do, or I just have, honestly, I don't use a lot of tubs. So it's, I have glitter over in this part of the cabinet. Okay. Where I can see everything. I can get to it without having to move three things in order to be able to get to it. I've decluttered it down to where everything is visible and everything is get toable. Um, and it's embracing the reality of this is the space that I have in my home to devote to crafts. So that determines how many craft supplies I can have, which will naturally help you go, oh, 
don't have room for all the paper and the scissors and the paint and, the, and and it makes you go, okay, well, which one of these things are more important to me? Which one deserves space in the container more? And then pull out the least favorites until the stuff that's left fits comfortably and usably in that space. Okay. All right. That's the decluttering process. Just remember at no point did we pull out everything at one time. We pulled out one item at a time, we dealt with that item, we made a final decision, even in the container stage, we are still not pulling everything out. We're saying I am consolidating within this space. I'm moving things all together. Okay. I'm shifting things around within the space to get like things together, but I'm never making a bigger mess. I'm never putting myself in a situation where if something were to happen that I can't predict will happen, but we all know it does, um, then I'm worse off than I was before. Okay. All right. I hope that this has been helpful. Um, just a reminder that if you would like to be a patron of the show, you, um, patrons at the $5 a month level or more get invited to our super secret Facebook group, which is a truly lovely, lovely group of people. Um, and if you need support, like if you feel like, okay, I need, I need somebody to talk through these steps with, I need to be able to show this picture of, my space and say, okay, now how, how exactly will the consolidate thing work in this space? Um, if you need someone to, you know, that sounding board, that's what the group is great at. I mean, they, because they all speak this language. These are not normal decluttering strategies, guys. I'm the only one who teaches it like this. So that group all speaks this language. And so they're going to know where you're coming from, know what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, how you're trying to accomplish it. And they're going to be able to help you in a way where sometimes if you are trying to follow this method, but then you ask for advice from someone who's never heard about this method, who doesn't understand it, who's always like, oh, well, I can never stop a project project till I'm all the way finished. Good for them. But they're going to, they might be giving you advice when you're trying to do it this way. They might be giving you advice that, you know, stops your progress or causes a bigger mess or whatever, when that's not what you're trying to do. So anyway, I just highly recommend, um, joining Patreon and I appreciate when you are a supporter of the show. So, um, if you want to find out more about that, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. And also decluttering at the speed of life. You guys, my book talks you through this whole process in each space in your home and also using the process to help different relationships. Okay. Meaning, you know, like working through this process with your children, working through this process um, with a friend, working through this process with your older relatives, you know, that kind of stuff that a lot of us. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.